Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another episode of Stabby Snippets. My name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined by my ghoul friend, Jessica. Hello, people out there listening to our voices. <laughs> this is attempt number three on this Stabby Snippet. So, yes. Hello, guys. We love you. Technical issues are our theme right now. We are very sorry. So, if my sound is off for the next few episodes a little bit, please bear with me. I am now due to some things having to record in my living room. Um, essentially, my office is above the garage and we have to keep it heated so our pipes don't burst. And there was this stuff happening that I, we could not fix. So, here we are. And then Jessica's recording stuff messed up so take three um if anyone wants to gift me soundproofing stuff for christmas i would love you (laughs) just kidding i'm gonna be buying some so hang in there until i buy that please for those of you who also edit and uh, have sensitive ears the rest of you ignore my rambling i love you okay so With that said, today I am going to be discussing the case of Elizabeth Braza. She's also known as Liz, and she's a 29-year-old from Tomble, Texas. She lived there with her husband, Sergio, and by their neighbors and friends, they were described as a fun-loving, outgoing couple, and they were always extremely friendly and never had any enemies, any things like that. They were very well-liked. Liz was also a very avid Star Wars fan and a part of her local Stormtroopers 501st Legion. If you don't know what that group is, basically they are cosplayers with the cause is my favorite way to describe them. Essentially, they go to different events and things like that and do a lot of stuff for charity. We had a group like this in Georgia, and they went to a lot of family events and things like that and did stuff with local hospitals. And Liz's group there in Texas also does a lot of charity events, and she was really involved with stuff with their children's hospital. So overall, a really good person. So this year, 2019, would mark her five-year wedding anniversary with Sergio. The two were planning on taking a trip over to Universal Studios in Florida because she was also, I believe, a pretty big Harry Potter fan as well. So they had decided that right before their trip, they were going to try to make some extra money to take with them, you know, spending money, and have a garage sale. Mm -hmm. So their garage sale would take place on January 25th of 2019, just two days before they were set to leave. And they were both said to have been very excited. Everyone was, you know, ready to go. Liz had actually already had her bags all packed and was super excited for the trip. So that morning, Sergio left for work at approximately 6.48 a.m. Liz got an early start to the garage sale and all of that good stuff and was getting things set up. So pretty much everything that comes next 
we have her neighbor to thank to kind of know about what happened because there is security footage from their cameras they have. So I'm assuming it's kind of like a ring camera situation. And if you are standing in Liz's yards, it's like the neighbor that's across the street and to the right, I think, across and diagonal, essentially. And this footage for you guys, if you haven't heard about this case, I know I hadn't prior to me coming across it. I know Jessica hadn't heard about it before us doing the episode. There's not a lot of media coverage, but I got plenty of sources for you guys to check out. Um, I am including the footage in there, and the footage is in a lot of these articles as well. I will warn you, it does have everything from that security footage in real time of what happens to her. So if any of what I'm about to tell you is a bit triggering, just skip watching it. I'm going to go ahead and kind of tell you guys what happened, and then we will kind of talk about it because there's some kind of questionable things that happened. So what we see is a black truck, which later they figure out is a Nissan Frontier 4x4. It drives past her house, and then it flips around to park, so that way it's facing you know the correct way with traffic. Mm-hmm. After the vehicle's parked, a person gets out, and they're dressed in... Basically, it looks like a long coat or some kind of robes or something that's long and kind of conceals their body. So, you know, like a long jacket, essentially. And the person has long hair. We can't tell because of, you know, just video quality and distance if this is their real hair or maybe it's a wig. But the person has long hair. Well, they walk up to Liz and they talk for a second and then they pull out a gun and then they very quickly, they shoot her three times. There's a pause. And then Liz is shot a fourth time. And then on the fourth time, of course, this is when Liz falls to the ground. After this, the shooter sprints away to their vehicle, gets in and takes off. And Liz lives in a pretty suburban area. So like, you know, like a regular neighborhood. So her neighbors heard the gunshots right away and they called 911. So first responders showed up and they transported Liz via lifelight to Memorial Herman Hospital, where she sadly would die. Now, at first, pretty much everybody thought the shooter was a woman, but then the more people would watch this, it would start to bring up some debate. I'm still kind of on the camp it is a female, but the reason why they think it could possibly be a male is because, one, the clothing they're wearing, it is concealing the body, so you can't for sure tell. Uh, The other thing is that when the person runs, they try to say it's like a male, quote, stature or gait or something like that. But I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree either. It reminds me if you were to watch the Olympics and watch runners mm-hmm. it just looks like someone who's extremely athletic the walk this individual has up to liz is very feminine the gate is definitely someone who at least identifies on a more feminine level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so like it's just it's one of those things we don't know we still don't know it's true 
But more security footage would come into play because the truck would be picked up on other neighbors' cameras and then also on some surveillance footage of local businesses in the area. The time frame for that was the night before and then also right after the murder. So this kind of leads into the theory that the person may have been kind of casing out the area or maybe living local to the area or something like that something to not discount for sure. And the other thing too was that this truck, I know it's a pretty like basic truck, so it definitely could have even been a rental or something like that. It wasn't recognized in the neighborhood. I know one of the first articles when I went way back to when this had happened, one of the reporters, she had said when she was talking to neighbors and stuff, they if they even saw anything that reminded them of that truck, you know, it made them uneasy because they were afraid this person was coming back because it was obviously not anybody they really recognized that lived right there. So it wasn't like, you know, an immediate neighbor. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not somebody she knew. So there are some theories, of course. The biggest one that, you know, you never want to talk ill on anybody, but of course, it's something that could be a possibility is maybe Liz or Sergio was having an affair. If it was Liz, maybe the person she was having an affair with, their partner found out, got mad, wanted to come confront her and I guess kill her. If it was Sergio, you know, it's kind of the opposite end. It's like his mistress maybe wanting to get her out of the way or being jealous or something like that. It's just kind of interesting on that because another thing too, it makes me think it definitely is somebody that may know them because he worked a not a set schedule. He didn't work like a nine to five or anything. He worked different times a day, things like that. And this killer showed up pretty close to right after he left. So they were one, watching them and two, may have known because like, yeah, he had like a, you know, a random schedule, but like it could have been something where it's like, oh, on Tuesday, whatever, you know, whatever day I have to be at work at 730 or you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know those details. But I would definitely say regardless if they how they know Liz and Sergio, they were definitely watching them. Oh, for sure. I mean, It's too much of a coincidence for someone to have just left and another person roll up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with that said, though, uh, Sergio has been cleared as a suspect. He's not a suspect in her murder or anything like that. But authorities are kind of on the same wavelength as we are thinking it is somebody they know, things like that. And they obviously pointed out that the motive was not a robbery because the person didn't take anything. They easily could have because she was setting up for a yard sale and had all kinds of stuff in the driveway. And, you know, it was just like very, I'm here to kill you. I'm done. Goodbye. I know that might sound kind of harsh, but it's just like very quick. Like the video is under 90 seconds. It just happens so fast. It's very fast. It's this person walks up. There's probably about maybe 30 to 45 seconds of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then you see kind of the murderer pull something out of the coat and then Liz's hands go up and then you see a few shots and then Liz fall to the ground. So it's, it's kind of, it's definitely over really quickly. And I know Tara was saying, if you can, if you, this is something that doesn't trigger you, you can check it out on our sources page. Yes. But if I had just seen this, I might not know what happened. Right. Because there's stuff kind of in the way. They're setting up for a garage sale. It's a grainy video. 
It's like a ring camera at like dawn at not the best lighting, not the best quality, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's far away. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to really have much to go off of with that. And then there's just there's not a lot of media coverage with this, really. So most of the articles I have are pretty much all the main ones. And you know, I got a video or two from YouTube. There was also a Reddit thread, which normally I don't even mess with Reddit for sources, but it was one posted by a family friend about a month after this happened. They were trying to get the info out there to help get answers or tips or anything, you know, and get Liz's case out there. And then this is when kind of like the side theories started popping up and other ideas and things like that. And one of the side theories was maybe she was mistaken for somebody else that maybe a wife thought she was a mistress to their husband or something, like if it is a female, and came and killed her. But it wasn't Liz, which is just kind of like a very weird thing. I know weird stuff does happen, but I don't really, I don't know. I don't really think it's that. I think it's somebody they knew and somebody who had a purpose and has a motive. Definitely. I think, I mean, just the interaction, like you see this person walk up and you don't see Liz go like, oh, we're not open. You don't see her like kind of point around to the yard sale. Those are all things that someone would do if they were having a yard sale and they were expecting someone. They'd be like, oh, do you you see like my stuff? Like I have more like maybe point back to the house. Yeah. I don't think there if this was a robbery, I don't think there would be that much dialogue. Like I said, it's about 30 to 45 seconds worth of dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very quick. And also, I think if it was a robbery, someone would have probably driven in like this is something I just thought of driving into the driveway to get in and out quicker, whereas this person didn't park necessarily close. No, mm -mm, they parked kind of back. Yeah. I don't know if maybe one of the other neighbors has a camera or something that they were trying to like prevent or something. Right. Or maybe they even knew about the camera that they got caught on and they weren't trying to be closer to it. I mean, even still, like her her driveway was still pretty far from it, but still like for the vehicle, you know? Right. Because they don't have very much on that vehicle. Mm -mm. No. And that was another thing, too. Someone was saying since it was such a basic vehicle uh, that maybe it was a rental. Even like the person could have taken the extra step. You never know. I'm sure the police have ran the plates and have that information or hopefully do. There was a article that was updated maybe about a week or so ago now. Uh, it's similar to updates they had over the summer. Obviously, with cases like this, they kind of put minimal information to the public just so they don't jeopardize the investigation. But they did speak with the lead detective, Michael Ritchie. He's part of the homicide investigation team at the Harris County Sheriff's Office. And he said that now they are teamed up with the Texas Rangers on her case, which is great. They have more resources, more help. And in regards to some new leads and some new findings they had, he said, quote, I do feel it is a very good chance of revealing some positive information that could lead to identifying a suspect. So I think they're getting in the right direction or they may be getting ready to close in on somebody is what it kind of sounds like to me. But obviously, they have to tread carefully with this kind of thing. Right. No, that makes sense. But I hope they do find some answers, you know, for the sake of her family, her husband, and all of her friends and loved ones as well. 
If anyone listening has any kind of information, they do have a phone number you can call. I am going to put that in the show notes and I'll mention that towards the end as well. And they also have a $20,000 reward over at Crime Stoppers of Houston. That was a donation from the Peter Mayhews Foundation. If you're not familiar, he actually played Chewbacca in Star Wars. The first few times we talked about this, I was like, this seems weird. And I totally forgot that she was a stormtrooper. Yeah, there's that connection. So she was really involved. And it's it's a big community because if you watch on one of the sources that I have in there, it's like the website's like K-H-O-U. I can't remember the rest. They show like the memorials and stuff they did with all of their groups. And it's just it's so many people. It's so many people. So it's like it's a big community she was a part of and that so many people loved her, you know. So it's just it's it's very sad. But again, if anyone because we do have Texas listeners, if anyone knows anything or you may know anybody who may have any kind of information, uh, please do call in. You can do so anonymously. The number is 713-222-TIPS. And again, if you're driving or can't write it down, I will put that in the show notes as normal for you guys as well. Yes. So that is going to wrap us up here for today's Stabby. We hope you guys are having a great Thursday and have a good weekend. And we will catch you on Monday for our next regular episode. Bye, guys. Bye.